Welcome to No BS Engineering, the podcast for developers around the world who care about their careers. Join us as we share ideas, war stories, and talk with special guests about how developers can up their game and move their career forward. Hey everyone, Mario Peshev here. I'm here with my friend Kyle Evans, and this is another episode of No BS Engineering. Uh, today we are going to discuss is full stack development a legitimate goal for software engineers? Now, full stack development is something that we've been hearing all about uh, over the past 10 years or more, and most of the development portals out there, like uh, dev.to or specific niche portals in the Microsoft, PHP, Java, and whatnot communities, have been advocating for full stack development as something that companies are striving to, to kind of invent and find more full-stack developers uh, for themselves, and it's something that is a natural progression for developers to reach after being mid-level developers or senior developers uh, as kind of the next continuation, the next step. Kyle, do you agree with this statement or not? You know, full-stack's one of those buzzwords that has lost all meaning, okay? It used to mean something, okay? And, but, but the problem is nobody really defined what it means. I mean, every time these days when I see full stack developer on a job ad, I'm like, okay, do I need to be able to write HTML, CSS, JavaScript, PHP, MySQL, and compile and debug Apache? Because that's full stack, you know? Do I yeah. need, how far down do I need to go? Do I need to go to the Linux kernel? And how far up do I need to go? You know, do I need to be fluent in the latest HTML? To me, full stack is I understand the stack that I have chosen, okay? And my stack is only the back end. I don't do much front end. Um, I, I absolutely hate JavaScript. Um, I, I hated it back when we called it dynamic HTML. I still hate it, uh, mainly not because the language is bad or anything. I'm not dissing on JavaScript. I suck at front end, okay? So I stick with back end um, stuff. And PHP is a great one, but my stack is PHP and MySQL and a little bit of command line stuff. You know, I can use, I, I use FFmpeg to, um, to edit these or to, to massage these videos and audio and stuff like that. So I've got a little bit of back end, but I'm not a C++ programmer, you know? Mm -hmm. Now, I will say I started in PHP when it, PHP was, was kind of like, if you're a PHP developer, you were kind of like a Jedi Knight, okay? Jedi Knights to pass the, um, to, to become a Jedi Knight, you had to make your own lightsaber. Well, when I started in PHP, if you want to do PHP, you had to stand up your own Linux box, compile everything, and get it working. And that was your proof that you could do this stuff. Thankfully, those days are gone, okay? We don't have to do that anymore. But, you know, I, I can do a little bit of it. But that's why when people say full stack, um, it, it's about as meaningful to me as cloud developer. Mm. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, sometimes I, uh, I I love the idea of cloud developer. Uh, back in the day, because I spent lots of years in the WordPress space and, you know, lots of discussions whether WordPress is a development or not, but that's a whole another story. So I wrote a blog post saying that WordPress expert is not a real title. It's, uh, you know, back in the day, I used to write all those contradictory topics. Uh, I do have a, a blog post that made it on top of Hacker News uh, named Don't Call Yourself a Developer If You Don't Code. And, you know, it, it's a long story. Back in my... Oh, that had to piss people off. <laughs> oh, yeah, trust me, trust me. It was insane, especially coming from a WordPress developer, you know. <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, 
Aside from that, so I wrote this post set uh, named uh, WordPress Expert is not a real title because that's actually true in our, in kind of, in our space. And, and the thing is, uh, would you say that someone is an internet expert? No, because the internet is so insanely broad that you know, there is no such thing as an internet expert. And kind of full stack development is almost the same thing right now. I mean, development has evolved so much over the past you know, 10, 20, 30 years that what we considered more or less full stack back in the day is you know, very far from actual programming now. And especially like, let's say full stack development is usually used in the context of web development. But what about desktop development? What about server-side development, embedded development, robotics, DevOps, you know, a bunch of other things. And, and for example, I know, I know a lot of people say, hey, you know, I work as a full stack developer. And kind of one of, the, one of my favorite things about full stack developers is when I see a junior full stack developer. <laughs> what is that even supposed to be? Well, like, I know a little bit of, again, HTML and CSS and JavaScript and uh, backend programming language and databases, and Linux servers and probably containerization and this and that. I know a little bit of a thousand things, but you know nothing about either of them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and yeah, you know, that kind of brings me back to, to uh, you know, about 20 years ago or so when I kind of built my first website because, you know, backend programming languages, um, for the web weren't really that popular or it was very expensive to actually work on them. So to be honest, lots of static websites were built back then. Uh, and you know, full stack was mostly understand how your browser works or otherwise just put a disclaimer in your sidebar that this website is best viewed on Internet Explorer 7 at a resolution of 1024 by 768, <laughs> you know, this kind of core rate, which is an actual thing that, you know, back in the oh, day. the good old days. Know. Yeah, yeah, what do you, uh, you know, what do you recall from the early days of, say, web development? Like, what was, what would you define full stack if you go back, you know, 20, 25 years back in time? Well, back in the day, full stack was, I can build a website. And hmm. that usually meant I had some kind of scripting language on the back end, whether it was, um, or, ASP or Perl, or if you're using CGI bin, you could do it and see, um, you know, there, there were several different options that you had then. And you usually knew how to access a database. Okay. Mm -hmm. Although that wasn't, you know, in the early days, that wasn't actually, um, a, a big thing. Um, I, I remember the first time I wrote a database driven website, I had uh, built a web interface for my resume and I had data modeled all the parts of a resume. It was just an exercise and I'd put it up on the website and I, I ran into my boss's office. And I said, look, look at what I've done. And I showed him my resume and he said, his answer or his question to me back was, are you trying to tell me you're looking for a job here? <laughs> Knowing is cool. Sharing knowledge is even cooler. In my book, Uncle Cal's Career Advice for Developers, I share with you five of the most important pieces of career advice I've learned. Get your copy today by pointing a browser at bit.ly slash Uncle Cal. I want to share this knowledge with you. Uh, you know, it used to be full stack meant I could build the, uh, the site myself. These days, I don't really think that's reasonable uh, because there are too many moving parts. We now no longer have 
a scripting language. You have, um, if you're working a PHP, you've got PHP and Composer, and you've got to be fluent in all the packages that are necessary to spin that or to, to bring that site up. On the front end side, you've got to have a front end framework. You've got to be familiar with um, NPM and mm. all the um, pieces that it uses. It's just, I think the concept has lost its meaning because it is almost impossible for anybody these days to be a full stack developer. Uh, the best you can hope for is, um, I think that any senior, or any person with the word senior architect in their title should be aware of all these pieces. They should know what the front end framework their system is built in and how that builds things. They should know their back end framework. They should know their database, but that doesn't mean they should be able to write code for each of these pieces. They should just know how they all fit together. And I think mm -hmm. that's as close as we get these days to um, what we used to call a full stack developer. Yeah, most definitely. And for sure, I mean, I guess, I guess one of the things with full stack developers is um, I, I need to take a look at Google Trends in order to get a better, uh, you know, better idea of that. And I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm actually going to do that now. Full stack developer. So I'm going to look it up on Google Trends. I'm going to check the trend over the past five years. Uh, past five years, well, it's more or less the same. You do have some data from 2004 onwards. So it arrived back in 2012. And yeah, that's, that's actually quite correct. 2012, it started to gain some popularity about 2014, and it's been mostly consistent ever since. So there's not, no specific jump on the searches for full stack developer, neither from companies nor from actual employees. It got some early um, attention back in 2012, and over the past five to six years, it's something that people have been discussing more or less. And I think that comparing uh, the web now with the web in 2012 or 2013, again, a lot has changed, especially on the front end spectrum of things with frameworks like Angular and Vue.js and React, and, and each of them actually turned into a completely new thing. You know, JavaScript became the, the programming language that runs on servers, you know, all this Node.js, and also kind of robotics and embedded devices as well, which is something I still don't understand why people do that, but regardless. And then, you know, kind of with JavaScript, you do have React, and then you have React native for native applications on top of a framework built for a language designed to run in a browser, you know? So things have extrapolated so much that full stack development isn't really a subtitle, but I think that the initial reason full stack development existed or was kind of born was due to the fact that back in the days, lots of companies were still working on uh, not as complicated projects, especially agencies, kind of service agencies like mine actually. Uh, uh, and, and there weren't as many opportunities like Wix and Squarespace and this and that. So lots of companies were actually building simple websites and it was cheaper for them to just hire someone who can connect the front end to the back end for the most part or use a framework and just be able to, to sort out simple issues with both ends. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a problem with full stack. Now, the, the industry and the ecosystem has grown exponentially. The web has become a lot more complex. Uh, those agencies that were hiring full stack people no longer need full stack people because they very well understand that this isn't really practical. And, and actually now I think that there's more of a, a focus on niche development as niche as possible as compared to full stack. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I think because 
I mean, for instance, like nowadays you can find a, a React native developer. Yeah. Next to you know job title you can search for, and again React Native is kind of more or less part of React, which is part of JS programming language, which is part of the stack that's supposed to be running in the web, which is part of you know a web server operating system and kind of people down the stack. So you don't look for a full stack developer. You look you don't look for a web developer. You don't look for a JavaScript developer. You don't look for a React developer. You look for a React Native developer, which is several steps further. Um, what can you think of other instances like, let's say, in the PHP space that are uh, more niche and more specific that uh, people are searching for? Well, I see what you're saying, and in I, I agree with you that, like in the JavaScript area, we've got much more um, specialization and niche. In PHP, I, I guess the analogy would be um, Laravel, um, Laravel and WordPress. Um, because those seem to be niches that people um, identify in, and that's a, that's me. And and in our industry, I guess a Laravel developer, um, if they're if they're using Vue and the whole, um, they they bought into the whole uh, Laravel ecosystem, then they, you know, they would be a full stack as close as we can get to full stack, just like a WordPress developer, if they're using the full WordPress stack, they're a full stack um, developer because they can move up and down in the pieces. But those are very tightly coupled and very tightly defined full stack developers. Um, yeah, you know, I just, beyond that, I, I think the, the whole thing um, starts to lose meaning. Oh, by the way, I did a quick little um, Google for, or Google, uh, trends on full stack developers and looks like full stack developer the term reached its peak in december 2018 so we can say we are now past peak full stack developer it's now declining thank goodness <laughs> <laughs> yeah most definitely i'm <laughs> i'm actually looking at, into monster and indeed and uh, uh, job boards like this to, to look up specific titles because uh, kind of one of the things i keep noticing lately is uh, for instance and it's actually something in the PHP space, which is uh, even more interesting, but Salesforce developer with a PHP background. So, hmm. uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I had a, a, another candidate firestorm on LinkedIn with this PHP dead or not. And, and some people said, well, you know, where do you get high paying jobs with PHP? And I did some, did some search and first off, some of the adult websites are actually based on PHP. I'm not going to name names. Uh, and second, uh, well, Wikipedia is based on PHP, but that, that's kind of another point. Uh, there are integrational jobs where one is expected to know a specific framework or a system or an API, and then know a programming language, and they have to be an expert on this one. You gave an example with Laravel on this one. Uh, in the WordPress ecosystem, it's actually becoming more popular to look for proficient developers in certain plugins yeah. uh, who are capable of doing integrations. Uh, for instance, we get requests for WooCommerce is the, more, the most kind of common one, which is the largest e-commerce plugin. But for example, Gravity Forms, which is a popular forms builder. Uh, like I've seen a job, so again, WordPress and CMS based on PHP. So we have PHP, then we have WordPress and CMS. Then we have Gravity Forms, which is a plugin. We do have Gravity View, which is an extension for Gravity Forms. And th there are actually jobs for Gravity Views developers. You know what I'm saying? Wow. 
So that's kind of how niche it, it it's that is niche, yeah. So for other systems like body press and BB press, which are on the social media, social networking, and uh, it is an actual profile because you do have audience with over a million installs or at least over 500,000 installations. So you do expect some people to have worked on at least 50 or 100 websites yeah. with this point in different contexts. So we say, well, the market is actually large. I'm going to seek for a very niche industry expert instead of looking for a web developer for this project. Yeah, I get that. And, and I'm sad to see things um, ratcheting down like that. Um, I'm listening to a book called Range right now. Um, this is the third time I've listened to it. I love this book. And it's all about how we hit peak specialization for jobs in about 1986. And from 1986 until now, the trend has been generalization. And he goes on to talk about the fact he, he uses um, uh, Tiger Woods, which is highly focused since he was um, two years old, he could swing a golf club versus Roger Federer, who you know, wandered around to several different sports and got out of sports for a while. And now, he, you know, and then went back into tennis and dominated. Um, and they, they talk about how um, specialization actually hurts you. You know, you, if, you, if you are a generalist, then you have concepts from other industries and other um, areas that you can bring to software development. But if all you know is your one stack, then that's all you're ever, that, that, that's the, the blinders that you've got on. And my blog is strewn with um, blog posts where I compare um, programming to scuba diving and lessons I've learned in scuba diving that I can apply to, um, to, to software development. And that's just one example. Um, but, and you know, we just got finished talking about burnout and everything, but that's how I keep from burnout is I have a hobby outside of tech but it's much more than just keeping me out of burnout. It widens my view of the world and shows me solutions to problems in other ways. And I, I think that is very important. So it's sad to me that, that companies are putting on the blinders and say, I must have a Drupal 8 developer, you know, and, or, or something like that. Um, they, you know, they, they, they don't see the big picture. Yeah, uh, I do think, uh, yeah, that's a great question, but I do think it's, so first off, I'm kind of surprised you didn't give an example with specializations for insects, which is kind of one of your favorites. <laughs> that's I'm one kind of my favorites. We, we covered that one in a previous episode, so. Yeah, that's uh, but uh, regardless, I don't think the point is in actually looking for someone who's extremely well-versed in that specific thing. Well, it this is kind of the point, but this doesn't necessarily mean that this person isn't experienced in a bunch of other things. Because uh, if, again, I'm kind of uh, working through my own memory and it's like, uh, you know, uh, well, I, I was think, thinking about Django, but this isn't really uh, the point. Like Salesforce developers, uh, well, not to Salesforce, uh, SharePoint developers in the .NET field. You know, like SharePoint is, you know, a large ecosystem on top of the .NET industry. So you still need to be a web developer, but you need to know a lot of other things like authentication and, and you know, LDAP probably or something like that, and lots of different software systems and still continue to program uh, inside of the web stack of a SharePoint product, right? So that's one great example. Now, again, in the Microsoft space, Microsoft Dynamics CRM developers are really something that people look for, right? 
so sometimes there are actual systems that people look for specific developers. This doesn't mean that those .NET developers aren't well-versed in building other types of .NET applications. It means that they're even more niche-oriented in that specific verticals. They're more capable and they can also assist on the kind of business end of things. So I think this is probably the context that was missing in the previous yeah. half of the conversation. Yeah, I, I, I do not disagree with you on that. Um, it's just, you know, again, I go back to um, full stack is, uh, is kind of like the term cloud, okay? Cloud, back in the 70s, cloud actually meant something very specific. It was an engineering term. Then it became a marketing term. Then it became absolutely useless. Um, I, uh, these dang marketers get a hold of stuff and they screw everything up. So, and I think that um, I, I think that um, full stack is um, is headed that way. Like I said, we according to Google, we've hit peak full stack and we're on the decline. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Great, uh, great notes again. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening. It was a pleasure. Both Cal and I are extremely happy to have you being loyal followers of the No BS Engineering Podcast. We're uh, super happy to keep cranking out new content and we do have a list of ideas. So never coming from you, but it's always, uh, it's always great to have new ideas coming our way. So if you have any ideas, please uh, reach out to me or Kyle on you know, Twitter, our email, the website, wherever it is. Uh, let us know what sort of topics you're interested in for both juniors and experienced developers, career and growth in engineering, whatever it is in these fields, we're always gathering new thoughts. And additionally, to help us out, please go rate, subscribe, review for your uh, favorite podcasting channel or iTunes uh, in case this isn't really the place you're watching or YouTube if this is uh, the actual place that you're following our podcast uh, so that we can know where exactly we should focus on, whether we should pay more attention to audio or video and, and basically make it worthwhile to all of you. Uh, thanks again for being loyal listeners and see you in the next episode of No BS Engineering. See you next week.